Hi friend, it's 2020. If you're anything like me, this year has been hard. Have you had days that feel confusing, disappointing, or just totally overwhelming? Especially in times like these, and really no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself looking for something real? Do you ever stay up late at night wondering if there's more to this world than the chaos in your social media feed? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if you're just not so sure about Jesus. So for those who are wandering, wondering, skeptical, or just need some encouragement, we all need encouragement these days, don't we? This podcast is for you. Please come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Hi, friend. Well, today's episode, it wraps up our conversation around joy and laughter, at least for right now. And it also kind of wraps up the identity talk, but I don't know. Stay tuned for next week when we ask some hard questions. Maybe identity will come up again. It's definitely been interesting hearing um, so many of this month's podcast guests talk about identity and knowing who you are and finding joy in accepting who God's made you to be. And today's guest shares a similar message in an original way. I loved this conversation. I think it's really fun and definitely came away with some deeper understanding of God's love of diversity, his grace, and his compassion and joy in us. So, and if you have not looked at, um, the Clarity 2020 tab on top of my webpage, JanelleWood.com. Would you go do that? Would you check that out? Uh, maybe while you're listening or just make a note of it. Every month, um, I create a new set of reflective questions to go along with each month's topic. And since we are at the end of July already, I can't believe it. Um, there will be a new set in there beginning in August. And when you sign up for those questions, you'll also join my, my email list. So when you sign up to receive emails, um, I just share things that are going on, podcast episodes that I think will encourage you and enrich you, and other things that are of value to me and a resource to me. So I hope they encourage and inspire you. And I'd love for you to be part of that. So check that out. And I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. I'm your host, Janelle Wood. And I'm super excited because today we are wrapping up our conversation about laughter and joy and finding those things in the midst of all that is crazy and complicated. And today's guest is a girl that I have been wanting to get to know for some time. And I'm so excited that she agreed to be on the podcast today. She is a writer. She is a worship leader. She's a children's pastor, I believe. She does children's ministry. And uh, she also does this hilarious thing with tales of where she works from. <laughs> I can't wait for her to share a little bit more about that. Um, she has such a heart for people and a heart for God. And I've just been privy to some of that uh, just by following her on social media. So I'm excited to share and to talk with her today and just to be encouraged for myself. Um, so please join me in welcoming Gracie Horner to the Finding Something Real podcast. Gracie, welcome. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you said yes. So did I miss anything? Is there anything else you'd like to tell people about, about you? No, that's more exciting than I would have made my own intro. Oh, not is that lie. right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I alluded to it. Tell me about um, your workplace uh, tales. So 
am, am I allowed to say the name of the place that I work? Is yes. That, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just building up to it. I oh, want okay. people to like go, where? Where does she work? This is cool. Yes. So I work at Hobby Lobby right now. And I have a Facebook page called Tales of the Hoblob. And I chose <laughs> that name because I'm not sure for legal reasons if I'm allowed to use the name Hobby Lobby in a personal thing that they're not endorsing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there are just a lot of crazy things that happen in retail. And that's just where I tell my stories. So, oh my gosh, they're so funny. I like to and think you so. do that. You do that a few times a week, usually. I think you share something lately. Funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do you find that things are funnier now during COVID or is, is, has it, you know, changed? Honestly, I am finding it a little bit more difficult to have joy at work and to find purpose in it. Um, mm. I would like to tell you that, oh, I'm just doing a perfect job having joy and happiness, but it's not necessarily the case. Um, yeah. But I do have some really good friends who are helping me to find joy in all of it. Yeah. So tell me about that. Um, what's been most difficult for you? Well, um, When I first started working at Hobby Lobby, it was because I had prayed about it. Um, You know, I asked like, Lord, where do you want me to go? Because if I don't want to just go work at a job where I'm just making money, I want to do something purposeful. I want to help somebody. I want to invest in somebody. I want to help give joy to somebody else. I don't want to just do it because it's a job. I I'm a type four on the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram personality test. Yeah, me too. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So it's like, I can't feel like I'm just putting in hours doing something that's worthless. So I'm like, I got to do something that matters. So I prayed about it. Like, Lord, where do you want me to go? And I felt like he told me to apply to Hobby Lobby. I was like, okay, cool. Jesus. Thanks. And so I did got hired. This about a year and a half ago and I loved it. It was awesome. I had great coworkers and A few months ago, even I prayed, I was like, hey, Lord, um, is it okay if I leave? I'm kind of getting bored of this because I'm a little ADD. (laughs) I was like, can I, (laughs) can I find a job somewhere else? And I felt God just press on my heart and be like, no, you need to stay here because I still have a purpose for you here. I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, cool. I'll stay. No worries. And then a new girl was hired and we hit it off. We became friends. And I feel like I was able to help her work through some things because she had a past with some churches that were really um, kind of abusive in a religious way. And I was able to help her. Cool. Loved it. Then during lockdown, she quit Hobby Lobby and found a job elsewhere. So since we came back, I've been feeling like I've been trying to find purpose. I've been praying about it. You know, I just even started crying before I went in one day. I'm like, God, I don't want to feel like I'm wasting my time. I need to do something that matters. Please, if mm-hmm. I'm supposed to stay here, help me find something to do. Mm-hmm. And it was making me feel kind of depressed. Actually, I've never I've never been a person who has a bent toward depression. I'm generally a very happy, upbeat, sunshiny person. And experiencing that was really tough. Um, I didn't realize what I was feeling until I was explaining to one of my best friends, you know, hey, I don't really, I come home and I don't really want to write. I don't really want to create right now. Um, I feel like I'm putting on a happy face and going through the motions. She's like, that sounds like depression. You should get that checked out. (laughs) I was like, okay, sure, whatever. So I did as we all do. I did a quick Google search. And there was a list, like a Huffington Post list or something of symptoms of high-functioning depression. And I read through, I was like, huh, I have every one of those. Cool. Nice. Mm. Um, And I kind of had a big emotional breakdown, which was really funny because you messaged me, inviting me to be on your podcast like a day after all of that. Hmm. And I... I'm like, that feels kind of ironic. Like on the tail end of one of the worst emotional breakdowns (laughs) of my life, she's asked me to come and speak about joy. Um, I feel a little unqualified. Mm, No. But it... That sounds like God's timing. (laughs) Yes. Very much. Very much. 
because I talked to my, my young adult pastor about it. And she's like, no, this sounds like God's timing that, because when you messaged that to me, that gave me something to look forward to something to something that felt like I had purpose again. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, um, having some familiarity with the four on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. I love to cry. Uh, Like it's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, but also like, um, and I always give this caveat when I talk about the Enneagram on here. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not saying the Enneagram is this great thing, um, but I think it's a great tool yeah. uh, for knowing some things. And one of the things that maybe you struggle with that I do, you know, is feeling like, man, does this even matter? Mm-hmm. And um, and wanting some validation and then struggling with where that validation is actually coming from. And um, I know that's a big thing for me sometimes because, uh, you know, this podcast, for instance, it's this creative thing that I put out into the world that I feel like, okay, Lord, help this to be an offering to you. But then when you think, well, does anyone actually, does anyone actually care? You know, I don't know. And then (laughs) you can get caught up if if you're not careful. And so I, I love Sometimes God has done this in my own life where he just, at the just the right moment, will bring someone along to say, hey, you know what you're doing? It matters. It matters. And so anyway, let me be that person to you today as I shared with you before we started recording what you're doing, Gracie, matters. And um, I, as I shared um, before, and I don't care if I sound like a stalker at this point, people know me well <laughs> enough. And if not, you don't have to listen to my podcast. Uh, <laughs> I I started following you because we were both part of Delight and Be. Yes. And you had shared this challenge that you asked a bunch of girls to follow, like do along with you. And I had never heard anything quite like it. And I was laughing out loud. And I think my husband was like, what are you laughing at? And I was just like, this girl, she's so funny. So would you mind telling us whoever's listening, hopefully not your friend. Um, <laughs> he won't be listening to this. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, about the Casey project. Uh, gladly. So about a year ago, uh, I was friends, still am friends, not as close, but this, um, this guy named Casey, he goes to my friend's church. We would, you know, play words with friends on Facebook as you do. And he is a super funny person. And I'm like, let's prank him. Let's just see what happens. So I am from Indiana, but I was visiting some friends of mine who lived up in New Jersey. And so I'm like, if I send him something from a state where he doesn't know anyone, it'll make it so much more confusing and so much more funny. So at the time I worked at a used bookstore, which was the greatest (laughs) thing in the world, because you got everything from Nestle cookbooks to like old Sesame Street kids cowboy. It was great. I don't even know. And so oh my gosh. So I had, why did you quit? <laughs> because the bookstore closed. So it was through no um Aww. yeah, through no choice of my own. It was lovely. Um yeah. But I had picked up this like late 1990s book of Lion King special edition postcards. As we do. <laughs> And I don't even remember what I wrote on the postcard, but I wrote out this mysterious postcard, dropped it in to a mailbox in New Jersey and waited. A few days later, he posted on Facebook. He's like, who is this? Who is from Jersey? Who's sending me Lion King postcards? And people start analyzing my handwriting. (laughs) And they're like, she writes the letter S in cursive at the top and the letter S in printing at the bottom, and they're like analyzing this. I'm going, hey, I I didn't know that I did that. Don't make me sound so, (laughs) don't like that. Um, So I was like, let's just keep this going. And so being a part of that Delight Facebook group, I knew that there were girls all over the country, and I'm like, let's get other people involved. So I posted, hey, I'm making a challenge. Let's call it the KC Project. I want you to send the most ridiculous mail that you can think of packages whatever to my friend Casey and I don't remember what all things they sent like somebody signed him up for you know you can get free samples of those purple mattresses (laughs) somebody signed him up for that somebody sent him like print out screenshots of pregnant cats I don't 
I did not support. Um, I don't think I was held responsible for any of that. Um, this went on for several months. He finally, oh, man. one of my friend's boyfriends ratted me out and I was like are you kidding me so he messages me he's like okay I know you're behind this when is this gonna end and I'm like I didn't send all those things because I didn't and I don't lie but I yeah. you know creatively redirect um <laughs> and mm-hmm. after a few months he did he's like it is a little bit creepy receiving mail from girls around the country I'm like you could find your wife you don't know yeah <laughs> We did have to bring it to a close, but it was yeah, it didn't fun have while a it happy lasted. End. <laughs> it was great while it lasted. To this day, one of my proudest projects that I have been able to pull off. I think it was it was so funny. I'm, I'm not endorsing it for whoever's listening to do it to somebody else. I'd love oh, to I know am. that person really, really well. Oh, I am. But it sounds like so funny. I, and uh, I've thought about, you know, using it on some people I know very well. And uh, I think it would make them laugh. If you would uh, like to, let me know and I will participate gladly. Okay. I'll send them cookies. I don't know. Oh, well, my husband hates cats. So I thought it'd be really funny because I saw a gal, I think it was in Delight, who like had people pretend anyway it was this whole thing about like responding um to a cat ad and saying oh you want kittens here here's cats that I can offer you what <laughs> I know so anyway I think they were inspired by you because it was a very similar project but I thought <laughs> oh April Fool's April excellent Fools, I'm gonna get my husband <laughs> yes you know harmless pranks are fun so you were saying somebody at your work was it someone at your work that helped you remember where joy is found and and what did they say or I was really really thankful because when you're feeling down for a while I didn't even realize that I was feeling what I was feeling was depression I just felt um closed off to the creative part of my mind and I just felt like I was going in clocking in day to day and just I don't know when the cycle is going to end kind of thing and I have a friend at work is that very creative type. And so she's been very instrumental in helping me like being compassionate where I've on days that I felt pretty weak, but also inviting me to do fun things. Like she invited me to her apartment to do shrinky dinks the other day. Like, have you ever done, do you know what that is? I've heard of them, but I don't know what they are. Clear plastic. What are shrinky dinks? Clear plastic sheets that you make art, you can draw or sharpie colored pencil whatever then you cut them out stick them in the oven and they shrink to a third of the size like silly kid stuff but it made me happy so yeah well you you have a heart for kids have you like is that something that's innate in you have you always loved working with children oh very much yeah um I was homeschooled my whole life I'm 22 now but I was homeschooled my whole life. And we were part of a homeschool group with about 75 families that would get together once a week. And I was always able to, like, I always loved being a part of um, volunteering in the nursery or just any opportunities like that. Uh, My dad is also a pastor and it's difficult to find people who want to volunteer in positions with children. (laughs) So I was very often put in charge of teaching classes or things of that nature. So yeah, very much always like to do that. Yeah, I was one of those people that never understood that. My best friend, she loved being in the nursery and I was like, get me out of here. (laughs) Which is so funny because now I have four children who are just past the nursery stage. Uh, My youngest just turned five and uh, I'm loving this phase so much better uh, with them being a little older. But I used to feel really bad about the fact that I didn't love the baby stage as much, um, which is, uh, it kind of is a segue to my next question for you. I, I've i been talking to people this month about laughter and finding joy and something that has come up again and again and even came up with you before we pressed record um, really is identity and knowing who you are and being authentic um, to how God created you to be. And so I was just wondering if you could speak to that um, about the relationship between finding joy and finding out who you are. That's going to open up a big can of worms. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's funny that you say identity because at the beginning of the year, I was 
you know, a lot of people will have a word for their year. Be like, okay, this is going to be my focus in self-development for the year. And I was praying about for our kids at our church, since I head up that the children's ministry, I'm like, Hey God, what is our word for this year? And I felt very strongly that we were supposed to talk to them about identity. So that's what we've been doing. So I mentioned that I am a pastor's kid and I've been involved at my church and in local and national church events, even since I was a little girl and being around people who go to church. I don't want to speak badly of the church because I love the church. It's all I know. It's what I've grown up in, but I've noticed in a very big way that it's really easy to put on your happy face. And when someone asks you how you're doing, you don't tell them the real answer. Like the last place that you would confess that you're addicted to something or you're struggling with something is the church because you're afraid that people, because everyone looks so clean and holy and pristine and perfect, like these wonderful masterpieces that if you bring in your dirtiness that they're going to either judge you or just not understand. And sometimes feeling misunderstood is worse than being judged. It's like, I'm in this alone. Hmm. And so something that God has been really, really heavily teaching me for the last year or two is to take off the identity that I think I should have as, oh, you know, you sing on the stage or you teach the kids, so you must have your whole life together. And me feeling like this expectation that other people have of me is better than what I actually am, if that makes sense. Yeah. Taking that off, that pressure to try to act like I'm perfect and to be authentic with people and share my real problems with people. And that's been really hard for me because I like looking like the person who I like being a helper to other people. And I have this fear sometimes that if I show that in some areas I am broken, that they won't trust me to help them. Hmm. But God has been so gentle in teaching me that I don't have to put on an act for him. And that a lot of times when you're a kid, people teach you how to pray and they're like, you know, we're going to thank God for everything that you can think of. And then we ask him for what we need. You know, we have all these five finger prayers, pray for yourself and others and leadership and bum, bum, bum. But people don't necessarily teach you in my experience, how to just hang out with God. Hmm. how to just say, Hey God, I'm, I'm here at home today. I'm going to make some cookies. I'm going to stay in my pajamas today. Maybe do some art. You want to hang out and I'll listen for your spirit to talk to me and I'll talk to you. Just not just hanging out. And that's, that was hard for me to learn. But now that I'm starting to get a hold of that, it's, it's one of the, it's the best thing in my life. It's a spending time with God is a place where I don't have to try and be anything. I can just be. It's really, really good. I love that. <laughs> so because you did grow up in the church, um, and th there was, whether it was something you did for yourself, or it was external, that pressure to sometimes be, you know, to have a certain expectation. Um, have you ever struggled with faith, Gracie? And um, have you felt like it's something you can talk about or, you know, voice, I guess? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can say that I've struggled with believing in God. I've always believed in God. Um, mm -hmm. I prayed when I was a very little girl that I gave my heart to God. Um, I haven't ever struggled with believing that God exists, but believing that God likes me is a whole different ballgame. Hmm. I mean, because we always say, oh yeah, Jesus loves you, but it's like, does he like me too? <laughs> does he? Because <laughs> you know, you have family members that you see on Thanksgiving. It's like, okay, I love you, but I really don't want to hang out with you. Um, <laughs> and sometimes I feel that way because 
I, I feel like I am, you know, kind of funny, unique, quirky, kind of weird. And I remember one time a few years ago uh, when I was in community college, um, which I thought was a great decision, still do. It was great. Um, I was driving up to one of my classes and I just had a little mental breakdown in the parking lot. I was like, Lord, I feel like I'm just working and doing church stuff and I don't feel like you know, God, your word promises me that you can give me peace and you can give me joy and that you do love me, but I don't feel it. I really don't feel it. And I'm going to need you to help me. So I went to my class, I walked out and behind the building, there was this beautiful pond and there were um, flowers and birds and all these kind of things. And I sat down and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and I was sitting there bird watching of all things. And I don't know anything about birds, so it wasn't a really deep experience or anything. Um, <laughs> but there was this, I would call it a heron. I don't really know what kind of bird it was. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. And he was like, tell me about the bird. I was like, I don't know anything about birds. You made the bird. You tell me about the bird. <laughs> and it was just got this feeling. You think about the bird. Tell me about the bird. Okay. Like, well, you know, it's tall and I start describing the colors and the feathers and the way that it moves. And I felt like, okay, good. Go to the next one. And there was this sparrow. He's like, describe the sparrow. Okay. He's short and fat and round and red and brown and he moves fast. Cool. And then it went to flowers and bees and all these things. And at the end, I just had this big feeling like there's so much diversity. God is an artist. God is a creator and all of these different little things represent different parts of God. And in the same way, people are all, all different. God has created people in all different ways. He is a creator. He's an artist. People are so individual and I don't have to look just like anybody else to be valid and to be, to feel worthy as God's creation. I am different and I'm supposed to be because I have a purpose in my difference. Mm -hmm. And yes, that's how he helped me that day. That's awesome. It's true. And you're really good at observing people. I, I do want to share something you wrote because oh, no. I read this <laughs> this morning and I just, I love it that the way that you share things, um, either through work or through your observations are just, I feel like I'm right there. Um, you wrote this manager at the roadside Mickey D's slash gas station, ginger blonde coloring five, seven early thirties, slightly curled blonde mustache, white button shirt and black pants, forearms covered in colorful tattoos, belting desperado from the back in a warbly, t a warbly tenor, like a confident blue jay singing his own hero-themed music while swiftly darting away from the murderous neighborhood calico marbles. <laughs> he tripped his way to the front counter and met my eyes as I smiled at him, being all boisterous, and he froze like a deer in the headlights. He choked on a chuckle and burst out laughing and struck a pose. I complimented his singing, and he said, My dress is awesome. And I struck a pose back. I want to embody this man's essence. What a legend. <laughs> I just love it. I I love your writing. <laughs> the whole so time great. that you're reading that out loud, I'm sitting here. It's so dying. silly to hear it out loud. Like, no, it's so I, it's so clever, and I think it's really true what you said about diversity and recognizing how we're all so different and yet also beautiful in God's eyes, really. And, you know, whether we're singing Desperado wearing a curled blonde mustache or whether, you know, we're wearing dreads and singing reggae music, whatever it is, I just think, um, you know, God does love diversity. And um, Tony Robbins, who's a self-help guru, I don't know if he's a believer at all, but one of the things that he says that I love, he said, whoever made this world loves diversity. He loves the differences between all of us. That's beautiful. And I just think, yeah, well, you said it too, but it's cool when you hear somebody who doesn't necessarily know the Lord, but knows the character of God in a way that just looking around him, he can see it. And so what you're describing, seeing the birds that day, 
that's exactly the same thing. It's going, man, just because the heron looks this way and the blue jay looks this way or whatever, these, this bird's fat, this bird's skinny, this it doesn't negate uh, how beautiful each one is individually. And you weren't created to be somebody else. Neither was I. You know, we were created just to be um, who God called us to be and for such a time as this. And what is helping you? Um, I guess I know it's still a struggle and, and I appreciate you being honest about it. But what's helping you remember where joy is found, even on the days where you don't really feel it? Being real and being authentic and just inviting God into the moment where I am, not trying to be someone 10 years from now or who I was six months ago, because being in a place feeling depression, like today I'm feeling great, but I don't know how I'll feel tomorrow. And just learning to say, okay, this is where I am. God is not expecting me to try and be or do anything other than what I am right now and sitting down and saying, God, just being brutally honest with him because I've had to learn that God is not afraid of really big emotions. And I have big emotions. You have no idea (laughs) Um, that God is not afraid of big emotions or me feeling like a mess, even if that happens several days in a row, realizing that God is not expecting me to try and perform for him and being able to sit down in that moment and say, God, this is how I'm feeling. Will you show me how you see me? Show me what you think about me, because maybe what I think about myself today is not helping me feel better. It's not helping me feel positive. So God, show me something that will help. And sometimes that comes from a friend texting me or like you giving me the invitation to be on your podcast. Or sometimes it comes from the Bible and sometimes it comes in God's peace covering me and saying, it's okay. You're mine. And that's enough Mm -hmm. for today. Yeah. There's um, that worship song that I love build my life. Yes. Yeah. And what I love about that song is, you probably know it better than I, but um, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And I remember hearing that song for the first time and it just struck out to me, struck out, it stuck out to me. Um, It doesn't say, show me who I am. Mm. It says, show me who you are. Yes. Fill me with your love. And then lead me to the world around me. And it's kind of like in scripture where uh, they asked Jesus, you know, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, he never says love yourself, right? It's implicit in that in loving God, we find out by focusing on who he is, we know who we are. Yeah. And I just think that's so powerful to know that we don't have to, um, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much of my 20s and my teens I spent being focused on who I was and what I was and, you know, <laughs> my deficiencies and all these different things. And um, and if I'm honest, now I'll probably struggle with it this week. Who knows? <laughs> right? But it's not, it's not the struggle it was. And I think so much of that is recognizing that it's in God's presence that we find out who we are. And it's, it comes as a, an outpouring of loving him that we really know uh, the identity that we were called to. And then we go, man, you know, I don't need to be like so-and-so over here. You know, my husband cooks, and for years I felt guilty and, um, like, <laughs> I'd be so, like, hard on myself because I wasn't cooking. And then one day um, an older gentleman, he was just like, you know, what a great gift that you married a man who loves to cook and you don't, you know, that God gave you that. <laughs> I was just like, I've been missing the gift because I've been so focused on what I'm not, you know? And uh, I don't know. No, that's sometimes so good. I just think that's so good. Yeah. Sometimes we just need to focus on, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you gave this to that person and not me because that's a gift and I don't need to be like that person. So, anyway. Where does your desire to share stories come from, Gracie, and and your desire to write and all of that? 
I think I've always had it. I've always wanted to tell stories. Um, I've loved reading ever since I was a little girl. Just, I remember staying up late at night, way past after my mom told me to, reading Boxcar Children and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I think I read 15 times. Um, and so I love stories. I love people. I love understanding people and wanting to know where people are coming from, not just people's actions, but the motives behind their actions. I love understanding the deep things about people. And I think that's what makes me a writer. Not so much that I love to write, but I want the dream, the idea that's colorful and vivid and alive in my head. I want you to see it too. I want that thing yeah. to come alive in your mind and your heart and words are the medium to make that happen for me. Um, so you've written some children's stories. Is that right? Um, I'm working on my first children's book right now. Yes. Um, okay. I've written it and it may have to go through another round or two of editing because I'm long winded and it's a little bit long. Um, and I'm trying to teach myself. I'm in the process of learning how to illustrate so I can illustrate it as well. And hopefully, awesome. fingers crossed, if everything goes as planned, it can be at least finished and being published by the end of this year or early next year. Wow. So are you are you planning on self-publishing it? Will it be available uh, like on Amazon or is that your plan or have you made those plans yet? Yes, I have a friend, uh, my friend who lives in New Jersey, actually, she's recently published a book. It's called Cirque. Her name is Brooklyn Langston. Look up her book. It's amazing. It's a young adult book. And she had some, um, some publishing opportunities lined up and those things fell through. So she created her own publishing company, Langston Publishing, and their motto is a publishing company for self-publishers. So people who want to own the rights to their book and things like that. So I'm going to be working with my friend Brooklyn and her brother Shiloh, and they're going to help me through the publishing process since they've already walked through that. Awesome. Well, you'll have to keep me posted on the status of your book. Um, you know, I've got four kids, so <laughs> but I'd love to read it anyway. You mentioned something earlier I wanted to go back to just real quick. Um, you said in church, we don't, at least in your experience, don't really teach people how to just walk with God throughout the day. And, and you've mentioned a couple, example, a couple of examples where you have done that. So how did you learn that? And for the girl who's listening, who's never practiced that kind of thing before, what advice could you give her? My learning to walk with God throughout the day came out of sheer necessity. Um, because for many years, I did try to be the perfect pastor's kid, the perfect Christian girl. And that didn't come from my parents. I think that was just something that I picked up along the way. And there just came several points in time where I was like, I need to be real and I need a real God who can fix my problems because I'm not getting anywhere just trying to act like I've got it all together. And it just came from God strategically putting people or uh, messages or books in my life that gave me the help that I needed. Hey, God wants your authenticity. It's okay. Just try him and see. And that reminds me of something uh, my friend and I for the past couple of years have put on a a retreat at her church for younger girls, um, maybe 10 through 10 years old through college. Like if they're cool, 10 year olds, like, you know, um, <laughs> but primarily for teenagers and college age girls. And I was speaking in one of the morning sessions and I was giving my call for the girls to come up and to pray. And something that just came to me in that moment that I hadn't forethought or anything, it was God doesn't expect you to trust him if you don't know him yet mm. because you can't trust someone that you've never tested you can't trust mm. someone to keep your secrets if you haven't found them to love you enough to be faithful to you 
And so I said, God's not asking you to trust him if you don't know him yet. All he's asking you to do is to open up your heart and let him prove to you who he really is. Because he's not like other people are. If people have broken your heart and that's what you understand love to be, that it's good until it's gone, I want you to be brave enough to open up your heart and allow God the opportunity to show you who he is. Because he's not expecting you to just have, just to love him. We talk about that, you know, love God, but you can't love something you haven't experienced. You can't love something you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be honest with God and say, hey, Lord, my dad wasn't a good example of love, or, you know, my boyfriend broke my heart, or my best friend in elementary school shared my secrets with the whole grade, whatever. And I don't know how to trust somebody yet. I don't know how to have a good relationship. It's if you feel those things or something like that, it's okay to tell God that. And just to be like, I don't know how to love you. And I don't know if you love me. And then open up your heart and allow God to prove himself to you. Even if it's just feeling peace to know, Hey, God's spirit is with me and he's not leaving when it gets tough. Mm-hmm. And yeah. No, I love it. I, um, I updated my Instagram recently and I was trying to put to words and you know, you're only allowed a certain number of words, so you really can't write a lot, but I did a reference to Jeremiah 29. I want to say 29, 13. Now I'm going to have to look it up and put it in the show notes, but Basically, it's that promise of God that if you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. And honestly, throughout scripture, God is so faithful that when people come to him and just say, Lord, I want to know, I want to know if you're, I want to know if you're real. I want to know if I can trust you. I want to know if you actually love me. I want to know if this whole finding something real thing is for real, Um, because God he desires that. He desires people to come to him. He doesn't desire perfection. Or, you know, I was talking to a guy on here recently, um, Jason Earls. He was sharing about how he came to the Lord, you know, when he was smoking pot. You know, like, he, like God, God loves us to come to him as we are, wherever we're, wherever we're at, whatever our story is, whatever our background, whatever baggage we've got. It doesn't scare God. Nothing's hidden from his sight. And uh, he just desires for people to know him. And you can't, like what you're saying, you can't trust somebody that you you don't believe in. But you can say, God, I don't trust you, but I'm open to the idea of who you are. Would you show me? Would you show me? And um, the sad thing, to be honest, it's um, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a young friend of mine and we were talking about this podcast because I was trying to get some feedback about how to reach young women and I said, if Jesus Christ is the real deal, like the story's real, he resurrected, he died for you, would you want to know? And the answer was no. And I think um, there's a difference between um, a, a person who's at that point where, you know what, I, I don't I don't even want to know if it's real. And a person who goes, I need something more. And could it be, could this be real? Um, I'm passionate about people asking questions on this podcast and talking to people who have spent a lot of their life questioning God and also finding answers in, (laughs) in the Bible and in his truth, you know, because I think it's okay to ask questions. I think it's okay to bring those hard things to God. I think it's okay. Like you were sharing to share all the hard emotions, all the pain, all the sorrow. God is not afraid of anything that we can, we can give to him. Um, but the, the biggest fear for me as a believer is that the gift of God that he extends so graciously to every person, um, would be rejected just because I don't need him. I don't need him. And I think what's interesting about this season right now with COVID and, uh, racial injustice and politics and all this craziness that we have in our world right now, is it's almost a pressure cooker where people are starting to realize, is there something more? Is there something more? 
And so um, this podcast has just been an opportunity to share that something more. And I pray that in every conversation, you know, as you, you're sharing, um, that comes across that there is a God who loves you, you know, and, and that desires you. So anyway, I talked a lot more than I normally do right there. <laughs> no, it's okay. I loved it. I loved what you had to say. And with everything that's going on, like you mentioned, the racial injustice and everything, as a white girl, I'm like, I don't know what I have to add. I don't know. So I've been fairly quiet about it. My only thing that I, the way that I want to participate in this, I don't know what I can do grand scale or long term, but I have friends from all different cultures. I have black friends, Filipino friends, Hispanic friends. And on a personal level, what I want to do is to understand what's your experience because I don't know. And I want to be okay with saying that maybe I haven't experienced what you've experienced. For sure I haven't. And if you are hurting, I want to hear your heart, not what's going on nationally. I don't know that there's anything I can do to help that. But on an individual level, where is your heart? What experiences have you had of discrimination or whatever and I want to hear and I want to listen and I want to mm-hmm. understand. And if that's all I can do, I want to help people. I want to be a friend. I want to understand. Yeah. Well, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yesterday, it was interesting. I was watching, it was actually Jason Earls. Um, he was doing, he's a comedian, but he's also a pastor. And he was with a bunch of other pastors. I think there were, um, six African-American pastors. There were five, um, five or six white pastors. And it was just, it was so interesting because they were just praying. They were just praying. They were listening to each other's hearts and praying and asking God to heal. Mm. And I just thought, man, like just being there on stage, having this time of just giving it to God, like it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And then um, I was also listening to the end of a sermon uh, by Richard Dahlstrom, who was on this podcast a couple months ago, and uh, from Bethany Community Church in Green Lake, Seattle. And he was talking about, you know, if you feel like a stranger, if you feel like you're too conservative over here, you're too liberal over here, <laughs> you're never going to make anybody happy. He said, good, you're probably in the right place, you know, just follow Jesus and um if, if it was just that simple, if we could just remember that, you know what I mean? So I guess a uh, couple final questions here for you. Do you have any practical advice for, for the girl who might feel or the person listening who might feel a little off track right now? Like just feeling like, how do I find joy? How do I find laughter? How do I, you know, find some lightness to my days? Do you have anything that has helped you? Yeah. On a spiritual level, I'm, I'm, as you're asking the question, I'm thinking of some spiritual advice and some practical advice. The practical thing is, I know we talk a lot about self-care and that sounds like a very millennial thing to say, but um, I've been getting a lot of vanilla McDonald's ice cream cones lately, um, <laughs> just because I know that that's a very simple little thing that like just licking an ice cream cone makes me very happy, like unnecessarily ridiculously happy. <laughs> so <laughs> just finding tiny little things throughout your day that you can be happy at. If it's the way that the wind blows through the trees and you can stop and look at it and let it make you a little bit happy or the sunshine, the way that it hits the puddles of rain in the parking lot, whatever little things make you happy. Definitely also connecting with like-minded people. That's been very helpful for me. Finding people that you can be honest with, people who can make you laugh, people who can, people with whom you can be honest and people who will be honest back with you. And one thing that as a four on the Enneagram, I can find it pretty easy when I get stuck in big emotions, happy emotions, or 
more sad emotions, I can tend to be stuck and stay there and just sit in my emotions and feel hugely overwhelmed by them and be like, cool, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know where to go. Don't know what to do. And I've had some great friends who are like, hey, just come over. We're going to watch Megamind or we're going to go thrift store shopping (laughs) or whatever. Moving on with life is a good way to get back on track and get out of my feels and find normalcy again. How do you encourage others if they are going through a season where they're feeling discouraged and frustrated? What are some good ideas for that? Uh, Speaking from personal experiences, how other people have helped me, especially is um, I have really good friends who have been good listeners for me and have been able to help me talk through some of the things that I've been feeling. And at the same time, sometimes it's just as good to not dwell in those feelings and to move on and be like, it's okay. I can let go. I can like, you know, my feelings were valid and important at that time, but it's okay for me to let go and move on and to find practical things, human things to do. Like if artwork makes you happy, just doing that. Sometimes I like to listen to songs and get out my watercolors and just make these weird abstract paintings that probably don't make sense to anyone but me but I'm like okay in my head that's kind of what I'm seeing when I hear this song um so little things like that that's what's been helping me yeah all right final question um the finding something real podcast is about a journey towards finding restoration or redemption eternity authenticity and love it's an acronym I couldn't make up my mind about the R. So there's two R's. (laughs) Restoration or redemption. Eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, which one stands out to you the most right now in your life and why? My first inclination is to say authenticity, but I feel like I've talked about that a really whole lot already. That's all right. (laughs) Um. Yeah, definitely would be authenticity. My name is Gracie and I found it funny for so long. Like that's the thing that I find difficult. Grace is what I find difficult to accept Mm -hmm. and to understand. And I say it all the time that that's why God had to make that my name. So I would be in that constant search to understand grace understand what it means that God loves me and God wants to bless me and wants to take care of me. And that's not dependent on my performance. That's not dependent upon how Christian I've acted that day. If I've messed up, I still can have boldness. The Bible says that we have been given that invitation to come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need. Mm -hmm. Not when you don't need him, when you need him, when you need grace, when you need God to forgive you because you've gone too far, that is the time that God extends his invitation that you can come before him and he can help you. That's what I've had to learn that my name is actually Abigail Grace. I go by my middle name and the name Abigail means my father's joy. And that's something that I've had to learn that my name is my father's joy and grace. That's what I feel like he's given me is God saying, it is my joy. It is my delight to show you grace. It is, it makes me happy to forgive you. It's not something that God is like, Oh, I can't believe that you've done this. Fine. We'll give you one more shot. No, no, no. He loves to show us grace. He delights to show us grace. That's actually a message that I preached in my church about a year ago. It's in the book of Zephaniah, I believe. It's either Zechariah or Zephaniah. I always get those two mixed up, but chapter three, and it talks about this priest, this high priest of all of Israel, of all of God's people, basically the mega church pastor, if you will. And it's this scene that is set up. It's the throne room of heaven. And this high priest, his name is Joshua. And he's standing before God's throne, God as the judge. He's standing before God's throne dirty. 
He's standing there and his clothes are filthy and his turban, his hat is worn and dirty. And that's a symbol that he had gotten messed up into some stuff that he probably shouldn't have been in. Hmm. And in this story, Satan comes in to accuse him and to tell God all of the things that he did wrong, that this high priest Joshua had done wrong. And before Satan can even get a word out of his mouth, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord turns to Satan and rebukes him and tells him to get out of the throne room. Because he said, don't you know that this high priest Joshua is my servant the branch. And I read that. I was like, what is that supposed to mean? It's like that one of those confusing Old Testament prophetic metaphors. What's going on here? <laughs> and so Satan leaves the room. God is sitting there on his throne and the angels are standing around. And here is Joshua standing there in the presence of the perfect, holy God and all of the angels. And he's standing there with the evidence of his failure covering him from head to toe. Mm -hmm. And it says that the angels of the Lord came to him and took off his dirty garments and put clean ones on him. And he said, you are my servant and you are going to branch out from the place that I put you. And he said, you were like a burning stick that was in the fire as a symbol of judgment. Like it was your last shot. You were burning. I don't know if it's a representation of hell or what, but it's like, it was your last chance. And God pulled you out and called you the branch again. He reconnected you to the life source and he's allowing you to grow again and to be one with him again. And I have a purpose for you again. And I think that's this beautiful picture of no matter who you are, even if you are the highest minister in the land, the one that God has chosen to represent to all the people, you know, what his character is like, even those people come before God with failures and messed up and dirty. And even those people who should know better, quote unquote, should know better. Those are the people whom God loves to forgive. It doesn't matter who you are, or what you've done. God delights in showing you grace. He delights to wash you one more time and to give you purpose mm -hmm. one more time. Even though you feel you've gone too far and that was your last shot and you screwed it up, you blew it. God still loves to minister to you when you cannot fix yourself. He loves to put you back in your place again. Just because you have failed does not mean that God has removed his purpose from you, his destiny from you. No matter where you are or what you've done, God has a mission for you. He has a valuable place for you in his kingdom. And I love that. Well, that was good. Well, thank you. Gracie, thank you for coming on the podcast. I hope you come again sometime. I, I really enjoyed to. our conversation and... I love that you said yes, even though you weren't necessarily feeling joyful at the time. I think I just want to encourage you. You are full of his delight and his joy. So thank you for coming on. And yeah, thank you so much. Uh, until next time. Thank you, friend, for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is a grace-filled, Christ-centered podcast for those who are wandering, wondering, or simply needing to be encouraged in their faith journeys. I hope you'll come back next week when I'll most likely be sharing a conversation with another guest about their journey towards finding something real. And if you're on Instagram, please come find me. On Fridays, I share Instagram Live podcast recaps at 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're over there on the gram, you can join me for some fun live awkwardness. <laughs> and finally, if you're someone who was encouraged by today's podcast, and you have friends who would benefit from hearing the story shared here, would you go ahead and share? You can do that by hitting subscribe, leaving a review, or sharing a link. Your telling others about this podcast helps bring other people along. And finally, 
just so you know, if you only remember one thing about this podcast, I hope it is this. No matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus Christ loves you, and a real relationship with Him is a treasure trove of restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. He's offering that gift to you today. I pray you believe it.